Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Are you happy now in what you're doing? Because if you're not happy in what you're doing, you're not putting your all into it. And if you're not putting your all into something, that's not helpful for you. And that's not helpful for whatever company you're working with. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I am Mike Veldhuis, business owner of the Dutch IT company Nalta and podcaster from the Netherlands. I just love the Women in Tech podcast by the talented Esprit Devora. It's made with passion and creativity. It gives insight into the world of inspirational women from all around the globe. But most of all, it's fun to listen to. Esprit Devora truly is the girl who gets it done. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. I'm sitting at the beach right now, so if you hear a bunch of background sounds, that's what they're about. Today's personal spot that I'm going to dive into is kind of talking about how like re-examining time. So I want to write every day. It's important to me. Writing has been an important part of my life since I was a little girl. And some days I don't write and then some weeks I don't write and I just get lost. And then all of a sudden it's a year, two years later and I haven't actually done what I wanted to do. And in the past, you know, it's like, well, I'm busy or I have so much going on, but are we really busy? We always have time for what we choose to prioritize. So I was looking at like, you know, the time spent on my phone on YouTube or on Instagram or on Twitter. And then I asked, and I'm like so into YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube. Then I asked myself, okay, if I spent the hours that I spent on YouTube, if I took that away and because like, is YouTube actually important to me? Is it actually moving my life forward? No, it's not moving my life forward at all. Like very minimally. Right. So my cool getting rid of something that I spent a lot of time on that I don't actually really care about in exchange for something that I do really care about. And so when I looked at it that way, all of a sudden I had time. I just had to shift where I'm applying my time. So I think that's something that I constantly reevaluate is time management. And when I'm saying things like I'm too busy or I can't get to this, it's just really asking like what's actually important to me. Am I prioritizing those things? So I hope that helps you too. And enjoy the next episode. the women.
Women in Tech podcast celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest, Sarah, coming at us from New York. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited, too. I mean, can we just start with the company you work for? Before we even get into your introduction, can you just share with us the tagline for Get Official? Because, like, it is the coolest. Finding people is easy. Keeping them is hard. And Zach, the founder of Get Official, says you're in the business of what it's like. How does he say you're in the business of making relationships last? Yes, we're in the business of making relationships last. We can't help you find your needle in a haystack. You go and find your own person. Once you have them, we want to help you guys stay together. So, yeah, I'm the head of social media and marketing at Official. Official is like a dating app for couples, but that doesn't mean what you think it does. Instead of connecting users with other users, we connect uh, users with their partner outside of the app. So in an established relationship, couples can go to official and swipe through date ideas, match on experiences that they can do together. If both people in a couple ship will swipe right on an idea, it pops up, hey, it's a match, go on a date. Uh, And then you can book the date and get tickets right through the app. There's also like a mood check-in feature. So couples can stay in tune with each other's feelings and emotions and make sure that you're not just going on the dates, you are connecting with each other and making sure that you're there on an emotional level too. So official is kind of just the hub for relationships and the place couples can go to have more fun in their relationship and be more connected with each other. So I could be on a jog by myself and then sitting at the beach and just kind of go on official and start swiping through experiences and select them. And my partner doesn't need to be there, but my partner would be on the app too. And maybe he's, you know, at home cooking or something and he's like waiting. And so he starts swiping and then he picks the ones and then, so we're totally in separate places. And then if we have a match, it says, okay, both of you like this thing. So it's almost like a mystery. You almost get to know your partner more of what we both like, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm not in a relationship myself, but I'm actually on the app. I'm dating one of our, someone else who works on social media. Um, And me and her will both be swiping through date ideas and we have matches come up. It's kind of funny because I've, I'll swipe on something like thinking that it'll be a match and I'll talk with her on our next meeting. Like Sonia, you didn't swipe on the fondue experience that they have going on uptown She's like, no, of course not. Why would I want to go get fondue? It's summer. So I'm learning things about people. Yo, we need an official for best friends. <laughs> I've been connected with my friends for a bit on the app. So if you want to have your little relationship and pretend to be in a relationship with your partner or your best friend, that works. Oh, nice. I'm about to call my girlfriends and be like, yo, get yeah. on this app. I already know who. It's going to be Cam Kashani. I'm like, you need to get Incredible. on this app. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> Can you go ahead and share a little bit about who you are and what you do? I'm originally from Wisconsin. I grew up in the Milwaukee suburbs. And for school, I went off to Xavier University in Cincinnati. Uh, it's a small Jesuit university. You would only know about it if you are into basketball. I studied advertising and statistics. Shortly after school, I was working as an account coordinator at a large corporation. Wasn't finding a ton of joy in it. Uh, Everything was very 
similar day-to-day, um, very monotonous tasks. And I just knew that I needed to do something more with my career if I was ever going to actually be happy in what I was doing. So I quit that. I was looking around. I found an internship with this startup official. Uh, I started and I just really fell in love what official was doing. And I have always been interested in uh, relationships and how uh, people connect with one another. Uh, It was something I studied pretty extensively throughout college. I actually had one of my favorite classes in college was about hookup culture on college campuses. Wait, there was a class on hookup culture? Yes, it was taught by a theology professor, too. It was incredible. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it ended up being a great class. We talked about um, how a lot of students are interested in hookup culture and participate in it. But at the end of the day, it's not what they truly want or desire out of connecting with people and how though it's weird to think about in college, if you're looking at your future life, you want to establish healthy relationships with people. And the hookup culture that is present on campuses and just in mainstream media in general just isn't sustainable and it isn't really making people happy in the long run. So having studied this and gotten involved with that throughout my college years. And when I was looking for something to do, official really stood out to me as something that I could work and do what I wanted to do in terms of marketing, but also continue to explore this uh, passion of mine that was relationships and how people can be more happy with others in their lives. Thank you so much for, you know, coming on to the podcast and sharing your story, especially finding out this is your first podcast. And so I'm very excited. So walk us through when did you first realize you were absolutely passionate about technology? It actually wasn't wasn't until I got to official that I really got immersed in the tech world and had my first experience with a startup and found that just the pace at which tech moves is so much faster than other areas and professions. And I'm just a very quick moving person in general, and I need constant evolution to stay interested and stay engaged in what I'm doing. And tech is kind of the first place that I've been able to find that. And I just love how involved the community is with itself. Everyone from tech seems to know each other somehow. I somehow found myself, well, I found myself on tech TikTok. So I am just constantly being fed videos on TikTok about people in tech and the culture. And it's just something that I've really latched on to in recent months. And I'm really grateful that official kind of opened my eyes to this world. Walk us through what your your superpowers are in marketing and share with us a little bit about that incredible TikTok campaign that you guys did. So when it comes to marketing, I am best at kind of crazy ideas. I really like finding a weird idea that we're not sure if it'll work or not, but really putting my all into it and seeing how we can take the brand and connect it with our target audience 
in a unique way. So it will engage the audience. TikTok is a really easy way to do that because of the quick nature of it and how easy it is for people to like and share and how great TikTok is at finding the correct audience and serving it to the correct people. For the TikTok in particular, our goal with it was to really just explain official to people that may be interested. And the way to hook on TikTok is a really great intro. And the one for the TikTok that I had made that originally went viral was stop scrolling if you're in a relationship. And that pretty much instantly hooks anyone who's in a relationship because it's direct call to action just to stop doing what you're doing immediately and watch this. And even people who weren't in relationships were continuing to watch through and try to figure out, wait, why can't I watch this video? I'm not in a relationship, but I want to know what's going on. Uh, And that's kind of a trend that's been popular on TikTok, the stop scrolling if you're this type of person or keep scrolling if you aren't this type of person. Uh, So kind of taking these trends and morphing them into something that works for your brand is really important and something that's worked really well for me and official. What goes through your day-to-day research? Like what blogs do you look at or books do you read? How do you kind of uh, gain intel to be the best you can be as a marketer for a startup company? Sure. I spend a lot of time looking through Twitter. Honestly, I wish I had a more advanced knowledge base that I went to, uh, but I follow all my favorite bloggers and journalists on Twitter. And uh, when they share their content, that is the easiest way for me to see what's there, see what's available and get to it quickly. Um, Twitter is just a great place for me to kind of organize my wants out of media. I have a lot of bookmarked threads from Twitter. I love that people have been posting more threads lately. They're so helpful and they're so digestible. It's a great way to get information quickly. And for those of you who may not know what a Twitter thread is, it's like, I feel like it's almost like the new new. It's like a little mini essay in tweets. And so people just like bulk up tweets back to back and you could click on the first tweet and then it drops down to all these other tweets connected to it little. And they're usually tutorials on something or action steps and something that you could bookmark and then utilize in your research. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's such a digestible form of media that is easy to use and I've seen people take long blog posts and break it down into their bullet pointed summary in a thread. And it's just the easiest way that I can get knowledge quickly. And I really love using Twitter for that purpose. Do you search any specific hashtags? Do you use the Twitter advanced search tool? What is kind of your relationship with Twitter? It's really interesting how many startup guests I've had on the show have said that Twitter right now is their go-to to plug in. And it's funny because I'll meet people, you know, who just kind of like know Twitter as it was a few years ago. And they're like, oh, no, I'm not on Twitter. People just post like ridiculousness. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's like Twitter had a renaissance. Yeah, you have to you have to search for the people you want to follow and follow them. Because if you don't search for marketing people, you will find yourself just with meme accounts 
And I definitely have a mix on my Twitter thread or Twitter feed at the moment, but I like to see a little bit of everything. Typically when searching for content on marketing, I will, I follow the hashtags, digital media, digital marketing. I follow uh, New York City ad girl on Twitter. I love her content. She'll just retweet uh, other people's content and add her little two cents into it. And I kind of just have gone through all of the people she follows and followed them. That's one way that I find people to follow. I find someone whose content I really like and I say, okay, if I like this person's content, uh, they must be following interesting people. So let me go stalk their follows. And that's how I kind of expand my network on Twitter. Do you know when I first started in entrepreneurship, I would read a book and every book that that author would recommend, I would then read all of those books. And it sounds like you're doing the same thing just in a digital form. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What kind of guidance do you have for all of us who have a new app? How should we start to think about our early marketing to get those initial app installs? I want to shout out TikTok again. I want to say it's such a great platform that you can try crazy things on it and you can post a lot. And that was just one of the videos we had that took off. We've made many other TikToks and I've tried many other viral trends to see if those will be taken well by the audience or if they'll get picked up. And not all of them work, but it's 20 minutes of work making a TikTok and you can make a bunch of them. And once something starts blowing up on TikTok, it's blowing up. You will get a ton of views and people on TikTok watch these videos to learn things. People aren't just watching for entertainment and memes. Well, they are, but also there's such a community on TikTok of people learning new skills, uh, people following therapists and learning uh, coping mechanisms. I've found some great websites on TikTok. I recently found the site, it's silly, the site Colors. Um, You can just click around and make different color palettes and it's just so mesmerizing to do. I never would have found some of these little things or apps if I hadn't been scrolling aimlessly through TikTok. I've seen so many different viral methods used People will try giveaways. People will try doing stitch challenges and encouraging people to remix their own ideas. And just the creativity that can come out of TikTok and the things you're able to try make it such a great tool for startups. How do you efficiently convert someone from TikTok to your app? Is there something you recommend? Is it including a URL in the TikTok? Is it linking in your profile? What's that call to action that helps them go from TikTok to the app and to become, to install? We've had very good luck with including the link directly to our app store in our TikTok bio. And at the end of the video, showing a picture of the app store itself. So people know that when they go to the app store, this is what it looks like. This is what they're supposed to be finding, letting them know that the app is free. They should try it out. Go get it now. Uh, Don't make them think about anything. Don't 
say, hey, maybe you should check this out. Say, it's free, go get it. It's in our bio. Don't leave any questioning there. Very clear call to actions. That's how conversion happens. So what is your day-to-day like at Official? Why did you want to immerse yourself in working full-time with a startup rather full-time with a corporate job? Because you could have gone either pathway. So why was this the pathway that made the most sense? Uh, It's really that the startup route for me made me happy. And it had more variation and there was more problem solving involved. There wasn't always a laid out script on how to complete a task. Sometimes I have to make the workflow for something and I have to look at a problem and say, okay, how are we going to do this? What do I need to do? Who do I need to delegate tasks out to? How am I going to get this done? Because I don't know. When I've worked at a corporate job previously, if there was a problem, I go, okay, let me go to the how-to guide that we have on our desk and flip through until I find the correct sequence of steps to take. And Mm, the innovation at a startup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The innovation and the willingness for everyone to try new things. My day-to-day in the morning, it's very uh, routine. I do have my uh, social media scheduling that I will do. And which tool do you use for social media scheduling? Right now, I'm using Loomly, and I really like it. Loomly? Uh, I don't yeah. even know Loomly. Yes. Okay, so I got NYC Ad Girl and Loomly. It's yeah. like note to self, remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've really liked Loomly. Uh, it's a great place to combine all of the scheduling, and you can also have multiple like brands under your account. So I have a Twitter feed that I schedule for official itself. And then Zach will schedule some of his tweets on Loomly. And so it's just a place where we can kind of house everything and it's really convenient. Um, But Loomly is what I spend a lot of my morning on and creating content and connecting with some of the interns that are with official. Mornings are really for cranking through the Uh, reoccurring tasks and connecting with people. And then in the afternoons is when I do a lot of my more big tasks that I need to be more creative for. Because in the afternoons, I tend to be a little bit more awake, a little bit more with it. And then I can end my day on a high note too. Uh, I tend to do all my creative thinking in the afternoons. And then as I go into my evening, I kind of have those ideas still running. So if I think of something, I'll just jot it down in my notes that I can look at tomorrow. And just the constant change that I have going on is what really makes the startup world fascinating for me and keeps it interesting. And I love the mutual respect that you and Zach have for one another. I mean, hearing how he spoke about you and, and that how much you're attracted to the official culture. Like, I think people forget culture at a company and who the leadership team is is what empowers your entire team to thrive and be their best and and go over and beyond to like really think about your brand at all times and how to elevate your brand. And so I just, it's really wonderful to, to see both of you talk about one another and really highlight 
What is a huge obstacle in your career, not necessarily an official, just throughout your career that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? Honestly, I would say one huge obstacle for me personally has actually been uh, speaking with people. I was terrified of talking to people when I was younger. I had severe anxiety. I went to exposure therapy for public speaking. I took zeros on speeches in middle school just because I refused to get up there. And taking zeros on stuff was not like me at all. So that's when my family and my teachers were like, oh, she actually has a problem here. And now you're on a podcast. That's yeah, incredible. Exactly. Being in marketing, it's kind of a given that you have to talk to people and put yourself out there and be on display and be ready to talk about anything at any given moment. And that has been challenging for me. But the more I do it, the better I get. And so kind of just forcing myself to be in situations that make me uncomfortable is what has helped me kind of work through that. And when um, Zach asked me to be on a podcast, I was terrified. I was like, well, if I don't do it now, then I'm not going to do it. So might as well do it. I'm excited. We're good. I'm so excited. I want to ask a question I've actually never asked before, but uh, I asked it to a, a friend personally, like because she was going through something. I think it's going to be fun to ask you because this is your first podcast and because you're pushing yourself to to step outside of your comfort zone and to speak. If you could choose to stand for anything publicly, what would you stand for? Or I should say, what would you want to stand for? What would you cultivate your speeches around and your speaking engagement? Like, what's that message that's really important to you that you would love to get across to everyone? I would say if I was going to stand for anything and speak up about anything, it would honestly probably be how people interact with people in relationships uh, or with within a relationship. Even when I was in college studying hookup culture, I remember I had put together a YouTube video and posted it about self-image on social media and how that can affect your relationships with your friends, with your family, with your loved ones. So that's actually probably what I started talking about more frequently and what I continue to talk about more frequently with official. So it's kind of interesting how it's come full circle to that. I guess I kind of already am standing up about the topic. I would say mine now looking back have been to believe in yourself, but not like believe in yourself and just believe in yourself. When I started being an entrepreneur, I'd have all these speakers and you know, authors that I would look up to and think that they really wanted me to win. And then I found out the hard way they just really wanted like client sales or to like get a piece of my fundraising money or it was just a heartbreaking, you know, experience. And so I just want everyone to like truly believe in themselves. And I have the saying, your intuition is your oracle, which I came up with when I was talking to my girlfriend, Holly on the phone. I just said that randomly. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, that's actually pretty cool. But that's like, a pretty I, deep thing to just say out so of the blue. I'm, I like I'm it. I'm a Pisces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I just feel this deep need to like 
really hammer in like just because something's worked for me doesn't mean it will work for you just because something's worked for someone else doesn't mean it's the right path for you that we all have the beauty of creating our own path and that's okay and our intuition is our oracle of like what's right or wrong for us not to fall for other people's like sales speeches or you know credibility online or 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 I, I should more say vanity online right it's just like just trust your intuition you know what I mean it's one of the things I was thinking about in the in the journey of your career is what I like about the journey of your career is you're like I don't want to be told the formula I want to create the formula and this is why I'm going to work with a startup and that's a superpower that we all have and I think a lot of us forego because we're so afraid that we want to have the right answers we're like just give me the answer so I can make sure I do it right yeah yeah what advice would you give everyone who would like to take the risk and have the courage that you've had in your career to just trust themselves that they'll figure it out? What advice would you give them to have the power to do so? I have more of a question I would ask, I'd say. Uh, It's, are you happy now in what you're doing? Because if you're not happy in what you're doing, you're not putting your all into it. And you're not putting your all into something that's not helpful for you. And that's not helpful for whatever company you're working with and whatever you're doing, because you're not being the best you could be at it. So you are more useful to yourself and you're more useful in the workforce itself. If you go find what makes you happy somewhere and it's going to be rewarding. Once you find that it might take a little bit of trial and error and it, I'm lucky in that I did find something relatively quickly. I was probably searching for internships for a good four months before I stumbled upon official, but it just really trusting yourself and allowing yourself to acknowledge that you're not happy and not just accepting the position you're in. That's what I would suggest someone look within themselves to figure out. And one more cool thing is check out who the team that you'll work with and the leaders who surround you because like I happen to like, you know, have met Zach uh, digitally and like he's such an inspiring leader. And so I think that that's really exciting in, you know, our professions is like who surrounds us that we could learn from and we could be inspired by. Yeah, definitely. Zach's always coming up with crazy ideas and he always asks other people's opinions because he knows that his ideas aren't always 100%. But just him being able to and acknowledging that he has these crazy ideas that he knows might not be the greatest, but he wants to put them out there and see what it could possibly turn into. Knowing that he is open to that and he works well with that. It allows me to kind of be more open in my thought process and be more creative at official in general. And I think just being open and honest with the people you're working with and not filtering yourself in the ideas you have is really powerful. Completely. What would you say is the best piece of advice you've gotten throughout your career? I would say that the best piece of advice that I've gotten throughout my career is to not isolate myself 
into one bucket. I had a professor, a math professor in college. I was studying advertising and stats, which two very opposite trains of thought. People were very confused when I walked into the stats class. They're like, isn't that girl in the comm school? Uh, But I would talk to my math professor who I was very close with. And I told him I really like stats and I really like exploring other things, but I'm studying advertising. So like, how can I work on kind of using both of those things? And he was like, don't isolate yourself into the one bucket of I'm an advertising major. I have to do advertising because when it comes down to it, especially with marketing, there is so much involved to it. I use stats all the time to look at analytics for stuff. I have to look at research studies to get information for Instagram carousel posts. I am talking with people on the phone all the time about UX, UI design things. So it's, I don't like doing just one thing. And by kind of letting myself explore other areas, I don't limit myself. And that has kind of been the best advice that I've gotten uh, to not limit myself. I think that's right. There's actually a term that I can't think of right now that embraces mastering multiple things. The thing that we hear a lot is like, focus, focus, focus. What does that really mean? (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's nice to see examples of like, here's what really having an interest in different areas. Here's how it complements one another and actually helps me supercharge my abilities. I think that's, it's important that we have those inspirations. What I know you talked about Loomly. Was it Loomly? Yes. What other software uh, is your absolute fave? It could be an app or website. What is a a go-to we must check out? I'm on Canva all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. Who doesn't love Canva? And Canva is a a design tool. It, It takes the Photoshop out of Photoshop. Like if you don't know how to design, it does all the designing for you. Yeah. And just, you can collaborate with your team on Canva. Um, Zach and I are working on ducks all the time together uh, while on a zoom call. There are templates for everything. I like to go through Canva templates, almost like a Pinterest board and just like them for later of things that I might want to use. And it's just a very easy tool to share with others and uh, make anyone able to make small designs. I can't make uh, incredible post, but I can make a pretty good one on Canva. (laughs) And you know what? Pretty good and getting it done is Mm -hmm. a lot of times better than being great and not getting it done at all. Exactly. Exactly. There's this book that I just finished reading. And as we've been speaking, I was going to recommend it to you. It's called Effortless. Have you heard of it? I have not. It's amazing. It's a game changer. It's essentially how to make everything effortless because the things that we don't like doing, the only reason we don't like doing is because we've made them really strenuous. So for example, if you have to 
work out. Maybe you could watch a TV show while you're working out. Or, so, you know, you associate things with other things or you break down a project into little pieces. Just the way the author puts it, I think it just shifts everything. So I constantly ask myself all day long, how do I make this effortless? Like if I'm about to maybe remember when we were talking and I said, sometimes it's better just to be really good and get it done rather than be great. Sometimes we try so hard to be great that it stresses us out and we don't get it done at all. And so every time, and that's, I'm so suspect of that. So every time I find myself wanting to over deliver, but then not doing it because it's so much and I'm putting so much pressure on myself. I'm like, how about I just like take a step back? Like a perfect example is so many times I want to send people handwritten thank you cards, but then I'm super overwhelmed about making time to write out all these handwritten thank you cards. I'm like, hey, Esprit, how about you just send people an email and a text and just like make sure to like get it done so it's not like two years later before you thank them. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. So that's an easy example. What's a book that you recommend that we check out? Uh, A great book that I've actually read twice, which is weird for me. I usually don't read much at all, but I read this one twice. That's pretty big. The Happiness Effect by Donna Fritas. Uh, It discusses what social media is kind of facilitating in our generation and the image that people put out of themselves online, how that affects our relationships with our friends and those around us. And she offers some alternatives of how we could use social media and different things that could be built into social media to help change this progression of sadness that people will experience as a result of social media. It's a really great book. I highly recommend it for anyone who is working in social media or just a heavy user of it in general. And how can people connect with you? Uh, They can reach me on Twitter at Sarah Dempson, S-A-R-A-H-D-E-M-P-Z-E-N. Uh, and probably LinkedIn. Uh, if you just Google Sarah Dempsey official, my LinkedIn is the first thing that pops up. Perfect. And we'll include all your links in the show notes as well. Any last thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, I just wanted to thank you for having me and letting me be a guest and accepting me as someone who has never been on a podcast before. I told you even before we started recording, I'm so excited. I just, I'm so excited to have had you on the show to connect and collaborate with more amazing women in tech around the world. Remember, go to the women in tech community at women in tech VIP.com. That's women in tech VIP.com. Say hello on social at women in tech show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys. Talk to you guys here. You guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Sarah Dempsey. I am the head of social media marketing at Official. We are a relationship app for couples to improve their relationship. I'm based in New York City and you're listening to Women in Tech. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. 
Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.